This is the business of sports. We're in a situation that we haven't dealt with in modern times. The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years. From a macro standpoint, I think our sport industry is really forced to look at the business a little bit differently. In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Who wants to be the sacrificial lambs that shows up at the first big major sporting event? We're part of something much bigger than sport right now, and the health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. And today we're going to spend a little time talking about the big game. Our man, our usual partner in crime, Lynchy, uh, he had a little surgery today, getting that new hip to get that swing back in shape. So he is, you know, working off his med somewhere bar. So we, you know, made the call to the bullpen. We got Rich Truman joining us. Woo-hoo. It's post fantasy season, but any good fantasy player was watching the game last night with a gimlet eye, I'm sure. Mr. Truman, uh, talk to me about the Super Bowl. Well, first of all, the Super Bowl was not such a super game. No. Uh, I don't remember a game being this bad a game in quite some time. I mean, obviously the storyline is Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, but I think just as important or maybe even more important was the job that Todd Bowles did as defensive coordinator for Tampa, the former Jet coach. If you told anybody that Kansas City would not score a touchdown and get under 10 points in the game, they would have thought you were crazy. Yeah, it was so, nuts. It was I mean, absolutely that was a, that nuts. That was a big storyline that I think, is, is to me, is front and center besides Tom Brady. Well, I want to talk in a minute, Michael Barr, about Todd Bowles and some of the other coaches who weren't head coaches yesterday who may be in the future. But before we get to that, let's talk a minute about Tom Brady. Let's hear what he had to say uh, last night. I'm so proud of all these guys down here. Everything we uh, dealt with all year. We had a rough month in November, but... VA had all the confidence in us. The team had a lot of confidence. We came together at the right time. I think we knew this was going to happen tonight, didn't we? We ended up playing our best game of the year. And that, of course, is, I think, pretty much undisputed at this point, the GOAT. Tom Brady winning his seventh, that's right, seventh Super Bowl, his 34th playoff game Michael Barr and just I just want to point one thing out and you know I'm not going to dog Lynchy too much because he you know as I said you know he's he's recuperating right now but of the three of us the three hosts of this show who called the Bucks winning yeah yeah it was me it was not Lynchy it was not Lynchy Tom Brady's pal who covered him for so many years although he did say in his defense Lynchy's that is that by not picking him, he was rooting for him because he had picked against him uh, all through the playoffs. But, I mean, one of the things we know, Michael Barr, is it, you can't you can't bet against the GOAT. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. The Puppy Bowl was better than the yeah. Super Bowl this year. This, this was this – was, I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, no, what is going on? And, and it, is, it goes off what Rich was saying. This is the first time in Mahomes' – Patrick Mahomes's NFL career and his college career that he did not throw a touchdown in a game. Yeah, that has never happened, and it's. I felt bad because the defense for the Buccaneers just annihilated the O line 
for KC. And that was the difference right there because they were just giving pressure left and right, which goes to Todd Bowles. And and that was brilliant of putting that pressure on over and over and over again. And, and now Mahomes said that the, the toe, he has turf toe, that it wasn't an issue. But it, it, bless his heart, I know he's trying to, to tough it out. But, it, you know, anytime you're in pain, that's an issue. The beauty of it for Tampa was they didn't have to bring any blitzes. Yeah. It was kind of reminiscent of a couple of years ago when the Giants had a strong front four and forced Brady into some errors when the Giants upset the Patriots. Tampa Bay had the luxury of just rushing four guys, and they had two guys double-team Tyreek Hill, which pretty much took him out of the game, because if you remember when they played in the regular season, he had like over 200 yards receiving in the first quarter. So Tampa made uh, Kansas City try to hit Kelsey and dink and dunk down the way down their field, but he just did not have enough time. I mean, it was unbelievable the amount of pressure Tampa Bay was able to get on Mahomes. So, Rich Truman, how do you, what do you make, as a careful watcher of this league, what do you make about all the ref griping that we were seeing on Twitter last night and in the recaps from the Chiefs fans? I think it was warranted. Um, I'm going to give credit to Rick Goslin, an NFL writer. I, I saw this today in social media. In 13 games in the postseason, the Chiefs were the only team that were assessed more than 100 yards in penalties and double-digit penalties. Usually in the playoffs, they usually let them play. And i got to tell you, a bunch of calls in the second quarter, to me, were very questionable at best. I think they should have held the whistle. There were a couple of key pass interference calls in that quarter. And pretty much the second quarter turned that whole game around. Yeah. Not that Tampa Bay was not going to win that game, but I, I really thought the refereeing was very, very poor yesterday. Yeah, it, it definitely uh, drew a lot of boos for sure. The, the Chiefs didn't do themselves uh, any favors. I do want to turn, if we can, for a minute, uh, Michael Barr, to the degenerate gamblers of the world. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Mattress Mac. Yes. Uh, I grew up in, in, I spent part of my growing up years in Houston, as you know. Uh, this is the owner of Gallery Furniture, the biggest Super Bowl bet of the year. He won more than six million dollars he was betting on tom brady well yeah he said the reason why he made this three and a half million dollar bet to in part because he had made this promotion to all of his customers that if you spend at least three thousand dollars and tampa bay wins it's free yeah and sure enough the bucks won so some of that money went toward Taking uh, taking care of all of his customers is one heck of a hedge. <laughs> it worked. I love the fact that you know just based on how online betting works, because you know it's geolocated and all that stuff. He lives in Houston. He had to fly to Colorado Springs. I'm guessing he has a home there, uh, and flew to Colorado Springs, placed the bet via DraftKings, and uh, flew home, watched the game. Did you hear where he put? Did you see? Did you read where he put his winnings? Where? Oh boy. Under the mattress. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that one coming. All right. So, Rich Truman, if you are looking at this through a fantasy lens, you're thinking about next year already. I mean, you're going to have a quarterback carousel, it feels like, uh, potentially. And I know this has sort of next uh, sort of derivative impact, uh, coaching carousel as well. What are you thinking about in the offseason? Well, this is probably going to be the biggest offseason where quarterbacks are moving. Uh, Matthew Stafford already got traded to the Rams, even though uh, Houston says they're not going to trade Deshaun Watson. Everybody thinks they're going to trade Deshaun Watson. You have um, uh, the Jets 
might be drafting a quarterback. They might be trading Sam Darnold. Um, there's a big uh, Carson Wentz of the Eagles is rumored to be traded any day now. We don't know how these teams are really going to shape up for next year. But the one thing I will tell you, which I took away during the regular season, Jason, is that you really need a mobile quarterback in fantasy football. Um, Lamar Jackson came on late last year. Mahomes is mobile and he, want, and he wants to be. The uh, quarterback, who Jalen Hurts, who replaced Carson Wentz of Philadelphia, is mobile. The year uh, in uh, Kyler Murray of Arizona. So when I go into my draft next year, I am only going to take a mobile quarterback, and that includes Josh Allen of Buffalo, who also had a great season. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, and who do you think about coming? I mean, the draft is also pretty, as you mentioned, sort of quarterback rich. I don't think we've seen a draft like this in a while, right? No. um, I mean, if you think about it, a couple years ago when Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and um, Josh Rosen, those four guys went in the first round, I think in the first dozen picks. Um, but there's going to be a lot of interest because the Clemson quarterback, everybody says, is going to go number one. Yep. And then you have the BYU quarterback and the Ohio State quarterback. So there are probably going to be a couple of quarterbacks taken within the first 10, 12 picks again. All right. So, Michael Bard, did you watch any of the commercials? It was a different sort of commercial year as well uh, when it came to Super Bowl ads. Yeah, you didn't see it, – let's put it this way. It was a lot more conservative. It was yeah. toned down. You didn't see any of the – the goofy ads like the Budweiser frogs or anything like that in years past. Uh, some commercials touched on the uh, uh, the COVID, uh, the pandemic, and people going through the pandemic. But you know, for the most part, it was it was pretty you know it was pretty uh, not bland is the word I want to use, but it was it was, it was down safe. the middle of the road. It was yeah, a little safe. It's a little safe. Yeah, and, you know, there was I think the strangest commercial might have been Oatly. And yeah. it's a food and beverage oh. company based in Sweden. And what happened, it was it, it featured the company's chief executive, Tony Peterson, playing a keyboard in a field and singing, it's like milk, but made for humans. It's like milk, but made for humans. Wow, wow, no cow, no, no. You know, you, know, you get the idea. Yeah. That was about the the wildest one I had seen. But yeah, this year you didn't have Budweiser uh, in terms of the beer itself right. in the ads. And something else you didn't see. You didn't see uh, any movie premieres right. uh, ads in that also, which uh, I get why you didn't see it. But uh, it, it was interesting more than anything. Yeah, there was one trailer for a series, I believe, out of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which was uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, which I have to say looked pretty cool. I loved the Will Ferrell uh, GM ad. That was my favorite, uh, for sure. <laughs> so, guys, you know, interesting. Michael Barr and Lynchy and I caught up with the head of the Tampa Sports Commission last week, headed into the game. Uh they got another title. It's the new title town, Rich Truman. I mean, unbelievable. You know, we all live in New York, and the last time a New York team has won a professional title, the 2011 Giants. So we're talking 10 years. Meanwhile, this year alone, the, obviously the Buccaneers won the um, Super Bowl. The Tampa Bay Lightning won the NHL Stanley Cup. And the Tampa Bay Rays lost in the World Series to the Dodgers. And these are, you know, besides the Bucks, small market teams. And it's amazing how they have this much success in one season. And in New York, we would have been in dire straits trying to get some championships. Yeah. 
It's uh, it's really something to watch. I mean, you feel for Tampa. We talked about this last week, Michael Barr, that uh, you feel for Tampa because they didn't really get to fully embrace the moment of hosting the Super Bowl, you know, the home team hosting for the first time in history. It wasn't a full stadium unless you count uh, cardboard cutouts who were sitting between uh, live fans. But I-, I will say crowd noise was good uh, and certainly a little bit better because the-, the home team was playing. And even in that clip we heard earlier, from Tom Brady. I mean, you could hear people uh, cheering a bit, and and folks seem to be tuning in at least initially. But I got to tell you, I, and not to end on a down note, it was a boring game. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it just was. It just was. <laughs> well, Jason, I have a question for Jason. I have a question for Jason. Jason, your beloved Atlanta Falcons were so close to winning the Super Bowl, and Tom Brady came back and and defeated them. Yes. Were you rooting against Tom Brady yesterday? It's a very good question. Um, it is very hard for me to root for Tom Brady, given the 28-3 uh, debacle. But I also know never, ever to count him out. And I did on this podcast uh, and on this show call for a Bucks win last week. Um I actually wasn't rooting against him in part because our our man Lynchy has has spoken so highly of Tom Brady uh, as a human. And I don't know if you guys saw this story on ESPN this morning, but, you know, he was all up in uh, I, I believe it was was it Tyrone Matthew? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Tyron Matthew. I mean, they were going after it. And uh, I guess Brady sent him a text. He tried to tried to find him yesterday after the game uh, and sent him a text basically apologizing and saying, listen, I've always admired you, sort of like lost control, um, which, you know, it's, it's hard to dislike the guy. And honestly, he is so, so, so good at football. <laughs> I mean, it's a, there's no denying it. So I I sort of put my that that painful year aside and and, and maybe at least don't root against him. I do want to say something about Tampa Bay, and we were talking about it. Yes, it, Tampa Bay was the home crowd. They won, but I do have a concern, and that is especially after the game, there were a lot of people milling out that were outside the stadium that were you know, all in the entertainment area and this and that, whatever, and some people didn't have masks, and there wasn't much social distancing. Yeah. And now I've got a concern uh, if there's going to be a, a COVID spreader Ugh. because of that. That That's something that struck me when I saw that. But it, otherwise, I, I'm happy for Tampa Bay. Congratulations. Well, I'm happy for them as well, and I will end by saying, by asking both of you, uh, starting with you, Rich Truman, did you think we were going to have an on-time Super Bowl, all games played? I, I didn't. Absolutely not. It, you know, it really is a miracle that they didn't miss any games. And actually, the funny thing is, or not the funny thing, but ironically, the, the biggest scare happened when a barber who was cutting the Kansas City Chiefs players' hair ended up getting COVID, and it was concerned that some players were going to miss the game. But it really is miraculous mm-hmm. that they were able to pull this off, didn't have to go to any extra weeks in the season, I was very, very surprised they were able to do this. Yeah, well, they came, forgive the pun, but they came within a hair's breadth away from losing Patrick Mahomes because of that, because Patrick Mahomes was ready to go to this barber in just a few moments, and then all of a sudden the barber is like, nope, he got to go, man, because you've tested positive. Well, a happy ending uh, to the season for sure, and certainly uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and man, do they look smart for picking up the goat.
<laughs> this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Rich Truman and Jason Kelly. And we're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again as the week goes on. It is a NASCAR extravaganza. Michael Barr, he's like a pig in mud. Yes, I am. Kevin Harvick, uh, we're going to hear from him on Wednesday, and then we're going to catch up with the president of NASCAR on Thursday. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online wherever you get your podcasts.